Welcome back to the Break It Down for Bracken's podcast. Today I am pumped that I have Austin Elliott of U.S. Lawns and Justin Francis of Cornerstone Landscaping on the podcast. Fellas, thanks for being here. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. Austin, let's start with you, U.S. Lawns. Tell me what that is and what you do. Uh, We're a commercial landscape maintenance and snow and ice management company. Uh, We're full service. We do everything in-house internally with our uh, um, landscape installs, irrigation, uh, fertilization, weed control. Uh, We do all aspects of commercial landscape maintenance. Commercial only, no residential? Uh, That's the way the model is, yeah. Gotcha. And U.S. Lawns, is that a franchise? Oh, we are a franchise uh, based out of Orlando. Started in uh, 86. Um, I became part of it in 2014. I uh, decided to make a lifestyle change and was tired of all the commuting to the city. And What did you do before? Uh, environmental consulting. Um, you know, graduated from Shepherd and, yeah, I had a six-month-old daughter, and it was just it was too much. I got tired of driving. So mm-hmm. October of 2014, we opened our doors. So just over eight years. And you, you agree you got to be a little bit psycho to start your own business by now? You know that now? You know, it, the yeah, and and I was pretty fortunate to have uh, that are now partners. Um, so when I was brought on, I wasn't uh, – I, I was just an employee at the time to do the startup and do the run and then turned into some sweat equity and, you know, became became a partner. So That's great. Um, it, it worked out good. It's, it's with family. So, you know, they kind of wanted to make sure that I didn't have trouble, you know, making a mortgage payment or something on, on an unknown. So – the the dynamic is is pretty good and it uh it's always worked well for us working with family would be a totally different podcast justin yeah. pretty sure you work with family a lot right yes sir nice so tell me about uh cornerstone yeah so cornerstone was originally um established in 2010 um i was just um mowing grass for my neighbors and realized that it was a a fun and lucrative thing i could i could get paid to to mow grass and and, it, and we kind of built from there um, so in 2015, we uh, had moved out on my own, took on our, our uh, first location, um, and it kind of had divided <coughs> in a little bit different direction. Uh, we had the opportunity to open a retail location, um, which is Cornerstone Landscape Supply uh, in Charlestown. Um, we now have been in business uh, 12 years, and both we do offer a res- more residential-heavy uh, con- landscape maintenance, design, build, patios, hardscapes, but then the retail side of our store as well. We sell everything that all of our uh, that we do so to homeowners and some contractors as well. That probably really helps the um, materials line item margins, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, there it was an easy decision when I when we realized we're buying mulch and we're stockpiling it for our, our our teams to put it down. It would be just as easy to scoop it out and load it into somebody else's truck. Uh, so that was really kind of the the original concept behind. Let's let's. Go ahead and sell it to everybody else. We're already here, and we've got an opportunity to be out in front of everybody. I'm sure the so, inventory control and the books on that side of things. Yeah, it can get, it can get tricky. Um, so we have probably in the last three to four years worked diligently hard to try to create two separate entities. So um, the landscaping side of our business has been around since 2010, and um, I feel very confident that we've got a, a solid backing there within that system. Um, but the retail business, we have some things that still tend to intermingle. We share a location, so uh, sometimes you're pulling out of the same bin or the same box. So it, it does bring its own challenges for sure. Um, I always dabble in the idea of opening a paint a paint store, mm-hmm. like the Ben Moore or yeah. some sort of other hardware-esque where you're carrying some sort of line. Right. Um, but then I vision that paint contractors wouldn't buy from me because if I own a painting company yeah. and yeah. the well, paint, let, let me stop you there. Sure. Um, because I mean, we are, we are competitors in, in a certain realm of yeah. the industry. Um, but he's also my Toro dealer, mm. you know, nice. and, and they, that these subcontracts for me with snow. So mm. yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily be too scared of that. You know, if, if someone has the opportunity to where, you know, a portion of their business does benefit you and it benefits them as well. You know, there can be a symbiotic relationship. Oh, yeah. Listen, I, yeah, there. my since day one, my biggest thing is people look at me, you know, when kind of cock their head sideways and say, hey, you, you, they ask me that exact question. How are you going to try to sell to your competitors? Do you think they're going to want to buy from you? I've been very open and transparent. Austin and I have a very awesome relationship working cool. back and forth. Of, if a customer calls and says, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're looking to have a bid, and, and I know that's Austin's territory, I call Austin out of respect. I'm not like, I'm not going to cut him out of the knees. We work together. 
to help control the customers. It's a very different dynamic, um, but it allows us to keep some strategic advantage as well. So, and there's so much business. Uh, oh yeah, and, and we've had the conversation too. Uh, and I don't remember the specific scenario, but I, I do recall I called you and said, "Hey, um, your, your your price is too low. Yeah. You need you need to up your <laughs> your price great, because a he's call. a subcontractor, but he's also bidding work himself." And I was like, "Hey, you, yeah, your price is too low. I, I, this is what I can pay you, but I'm." Yeah. I'm just telling you now, whatever you're billing your customer normally, it's it's too low. Raise it up. That's really good perspective. That's that's, that's nice to have that sort of guidance. Yeah, to come from a competitor, it was yeah. a full transparency thing. I mean, we were able to be able to, to better navigate our industry as well. Um, so it was it was awesome. There's something weird going on in the in the paint pricing realm right now, also mm. where I'm I'm going into fixed jobs where people have been kind of ripped off, mm. um, or work was done kind of in a janky way, and I give them the price to fix it. And they're like, well, what would your price have been if it wasn't screwed up? <laughs> yeah. And I give them the price. They're like, wow, that other guy was double. And I'm like, so I, I'm trying to tra- I'm trying to determine, is there a pricing issue on my end? Because we're doing fine. Mm-hmm. Sure, I could increase my price 10 to 15%, maybe, maybe. Sure. And still get it due to the amount of demand. Yeah. But I don't like to ruin the industry. I don't want to ruin the market, right? No. But there's also this group of pop-up stores paint painting companies that are just just they're there for the fast buck they're not there for the reputation they're not there for long term correct so i don't want to compete with them but i am getting feedback that our prices are low and I've, i really put some analysis in it i'm like i think they're right yeah i think others are just they're going after what they see yeah right. so tricky mm-hmm. well back to um back to your companies um, in the pre-meeting, we talked about what what makes a company like yours successful, and what makes a company in your industry a failure. Austin, let's start with you. You know, I think what's been so successful, or what's made us so successful, is uh, just the network, and and that's the whole thing behind US Lawns anyway. I mean, we are a franchise. There's there's 250 of us. Um, you know, I've got probably 20 or 30 that are in my phone that I can call at any point in time and ask a question. You so mean just, the network of U.S. Lawn franchises? The U.S. Lawns Network, mm-hmm. yeah. it's a, our, our mantra is the power of the network. Nice. Um, so we get together once a year, um, you know, at an annual conference. And it, it's not very often that you can go in and talk shop with somebody that's in your industry. And it, it doesn't matter what you say, and you can be completely transparent with it. Um, so for me, that's been hugely the uh, large region for a while we've been so successful. Mm. Um, and there's also a location, you know, that my partners have in, in Hagerstown. So having that right next door has really been helpful. Um, but I've expanded that and I've reached out or, or through passing, you know, been able to connect with other landscape, you know, company owners, Justin, mm. there's a couple in Winchester had a great conversation uh, where I interviewed a gentleman a couple weeks ago and I was following up on references and, and I ended up, call on a competitor in Winchester and, and had a 25 minute conversation with the VP of that company. Um, you know, so just being open-minded and, and, and willing to network with folks that are doing exactly what you're doing that are your competitors and, and letting them know that, you know, I'm a person too. Right. Has really been, and we're all there together and, and, and it's, there's plenty of work. Yeah. There's plenty of work for everybody. I, I know the plenty of work for everybody. I, I agree the same thing, and I know amongst as far as I approach my competitors, I, I'm the same way with B and M, B and G, Stevens, whoever's out there competing against me. I don't think we're sweating each other much. No, but we're not talking to each other. But that's okay too, because they're more of an old school mindset right. compared to mine. But you're totally right. Being able to have conversations that are non-threatening. And I think it takes being a certain size company before you have that kind of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, what about you? What what makes Cornerstone I would successful? Say, man, um, I think without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest thing that I think makes a successful company is its core team. Um, with the labor shortages this way, I think a lot of companies have these great grandeur ideas of growing and uh, being these large companies, but it starts with having a good team. Um, and I am so proud of the, the company that we have and the team that we have. Um, there is some incredible character behind it that people don't see. Um, there are people that fight for this as company as hard or harder than I do. Um, so I believe that a direct component to being successful is having a, a strong core team. 
Um, when you say core team, you mean like a management team behind the scenes? Yes. Yeah. Some some of the executives uh, and the managers, really. I mean, our, our labor force is always fluctuating, but there, there are some people. Be- before that, you continue, let's yeah. go ahead and identify this. Justin, with Cornerstone, how many employees do you have during peak and off peak? Uh, this year we were at – we. We had 41 was the highest that we had experienced this now, year. Now, is this between the whole umbrella or the whole the umbrella? Two? Okay. Yes, sir. Both both sides, the retail and the service side. So um, it was it's about a 70-30 split. So we had about 30, uh, 25 people on the service side and about 15 or so in the retail business. How about you, Austin? Uh, we're about 25 during peak. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. and, and that's that's field, field staff. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as in the office, it, it's me and I have a production manager um, who's, who's a high-level – uh, crew lead, so to speak, um, doesn't doesn't do a lot on the financial side or anything like that. It's really just focusing on production mm-hmm. and, and some of the uh, field operations. Would you guys consider yourselves <clears throat> small or medium sized companies? Uh, I, I still think we're, I, I'm small. Like, yeah, I consider myself small. I, yeah, locally, I think we're a lar- one of the larger. I mean, if we're talking about Jefferson County, yeah, it's all um, about perspective, right? Yeah, um, I I would say let's in the let's region, say though, let's say Winchester small. to Hagerstown. Yeah, are you guys still small? I think we're probably in the, I'm like we're probably in the top. Yeah, I'm definitely definitely yeah. small. So okay, yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, there are some there are some big guys in the area, um, but I would I would think locally locally we're probably one of the larger guys. But in the region, we're, we're they're still pretty. pretty yeah, I mean I'm, I'm running four maintenance crews yeah. and, and one enhancement crew. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned Hagerstown. I think Chris is running seven maintenance crews and two. Two yeah. remedial crews. Yeah. So they're significantly larger. What's remedial crew mean? Uh, enhancements, opportunities, you know, anything that's not mowing. Right. Gotcha. So yeah. planting, hardscapes, tree removal, you know, any of gotcha. that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think another component to being successful, at least in our industry recently, has been our ability to adapt <coughs> to things. Um, you know, we, we're getting curveballs every day. Price increases from every vendor at every turn. And administratively, it's been – a massive bottleneck for us to hold run. on let's 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 break it down because i'm not gonna let you get too high speed on me that's yeah. why it's called the break it down of a brackets <laughs> podcast yeah. so when you have materials increases let's use my driveway for example sure pavers i guess gravel or something yeah, right. i guess crush i don't i don't even know so kind of give me off the top of your head what kind of materials it takes to put something like that together and sure. then how you could get tripped up if a materials increase comes in four months after you priced it. Yeah. Uh, well, the biggest thing for us has been um, trying to ha- keep the network. Like Austin said, uh, we had to get really creative with what we, before we would have our guy. We'd have our gravel guy. We'd have our, our paver guy. Uh, and then as kind of the pandemic thing set in, we had to get really creative with having conversations with people we've never had before of, Austin would send me a message and say, hey, I'm looking for River Rock, and, and I can't find any. Do you know where we can find any? So um, it made some production issues uh, as far as bottlenecks there. Um, but we had to learn how to quickly pivot because that was a hard conversation to come back and say, hey, you know, hey, Kevin, we're working on your patio, but the manufacturer's six weeks behind because of labor shortages. There's not a whole lot more we can do sort of just be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, so it required us to be really creative and we were able to see which companies were, were able to overcome some of those bottlenecks. Um, it, while other companies were like, if I can't get it at home Depot, I might as well just close my doors. Um, and we had to, you know, we were calling out of state and we were, we were making drives to go get things that we should have been able to get quickly, uh, prior to. Yeah, that's, that's tough. The, one of the things I did want to talk about later is how do you communicate? I feel like everybody knows, but if, you, if someone says it's going to cost ten bucks, later on they're like, "No, it's eleven. It's going to be eleven fifty. Right. I know Bracken's painting. We eat it. So if I make a pricing error, yeah, and I didn't include ceilings because I was drinking beers while I was writing <laughs> my quotes, yeah. or right. any, or I got distracted, right. or I just missed it." I'm like, wow, if it's small enough, we just eat it. Sure. Like I, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And how do you know when you shouldn't eat it? E- either one of you guys. I don't build estimates and drink beer at the same time. I get it. I get it. I, get it. I, I quit drinking almost two years ago, <laughs> yeah. so I'm not doing that either. Um, right. I, and obviously I'm winging this, so you know what? <laughs> there you go. So we, when it comes to price increases, the first thing is in the pandemic, I think we were all in agreement that everything was really gray, you right. know? Um, 
I was doing some research before our, our podcast today, and fuel prices on uh, BTS.gov said that we went up 55% since 2020. Okay. So uh, both Austin and I have multi-year um, rate-locked contracts, and we are now paying 55% more for our fuel to execute the same service. Uh, so it was really, really difficult at times, but we're able to come to those customers and say, "Look, you know, we're we're both paying more for fuel when we hit when we go into the, the you know the pump. Uh, how can we can we make this happen?" And most people are like, "I don't know how you're doing it now." So some people were okay with a, a rate increase. Right. Others, we were just like, "We're just going to eat it," depending on the climate of that the relationship. Mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we I ended up uh, we didn't approach any customers with that. Um, you know, if we were locked in for the year and, and we continue to be. Um, that we've just had to, to overcome that, yeah. you know, and, and we've overcome that by the ancillary services, remedial right. and enhancement services. You know, the Smart. customers understand that that pricing um, is going it, to, it's up because that's where we're capturing our additional, correct? you know, fuel charges and material charges and things like that. But mm-hmm. as far as the, the maintenance contract, uh, we didn't want to go to our customers because everybody else was going to them too, mm-hmm. you know, so we wanted to be that that's one good. vendor that didn't come through the door and yeah. say, Hey, we're going to have to charge you this. And, and that's led to additional opportunities because yeah. now they're, they're calling us cause they need their building pressure washed. Yeah. You know, that's which smart. is how you and I connected. Kevin was, right. you know, being able to offer that other service because we didn't go through and throw something at them. Right. So they're, they're calling, you know, asking for something else. Yeah, that it's almost, it's, <clears throat> I can see how that allows you to make it on the back end for sure. So, the next part of this question was, you know, how are others failing? And I'll tell you from my point of view how I think others are failing or they're not seeing the future of their failure. Mm-hmm. I always say the last person in this era, the last person to get a raise is the one who's going to lose. Right. That's smart. That goes to whether it's it's us or our clients or the people that pay our clients. Right. So people, because of inflation whether it's happening or not recession whether it's happening or not people need to be charging more and if bracken's painting is out there and doing a two thousand dollar job and joe snuffy wants to come in and do it for 1200 if you buy the paint for me (laughs) he could do those all day and he can get the job all day that's fine if you're looking for budget versus the quality that bracken's painting brings correct but Joe Snuffy's actually going to go broke in about two years if he's still in business. Mm-hmm. It's and it's because he cut his own throat. Correct. He wasn't cutting my throat. He thinks he's cutting my throat because he maybe he stole three jobs from me. Right. But actually, I'm kind of wearing a suit of armor. Right. And if everybody cuts my throat, then sure. Right. That's a that's a gang attack. Yeah. Right. But if one or two or three guys are out there with the intention, same thing within your industry. Right. If somebody's cutting your throat because they're working out of the back of a Ford Ranger with some push mowers, mm-hmm. yeah, they can steal the work that could have been yours. Yeah. But like a, the way that a battleship will go through a, a canal, right? you can shoot at it with M16s all day, and you might do a little bit of damage. Sure. Yeah, but, I would I wouldn't want to add to that. So um, one of the things that I, I love and respect most about Austin is that he'll be the first one to tell me you're, I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to pricing, like we were – we were working with specific snow removal customers, and um, uh, salt is a big component of snow and ice management. Damn and right. We would um, allow those customers to dictate how we manage their properties, and we would be losing a tremendous amount of value opportunity there. And Austin would tell me blatantly, "You need better customers." Damn. And uh, it was a it was a gold nugget bomb uh, because I had somebody else tell me, "You can go to Seven Eleven and you can buy a thirty dollar track phone and make a call." But why are you buying the twelve hundred dollar iPhone? That's right. That makes the same call. There's a value to it, right? And as long as you're able to share that value with your customers, Joe Snuffy can be in business all day long, and he continues to keep the track phone customers. But Bracken's Painting is designed for the iPhone customers, and they continually stay partners with Bracken's because of that. You need better customers. So, yes. and I think there's been a massive climate change over the last few years. Of we want better quality. People are paying better quality for things. Um, I've, Automobiles used to just have engines, transmissions, and wheels. Now they have heated seats and TVs and yeah, all the tech. Yeah, but people pay for it because they they like the quality. I want cold seats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, air conditioned seats. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> for a short time, I had one of those, <laughs> and then I realized uh, the mistakes I was making. Yeah. So speaking of mistakes, how um, 
let's say we're talking to you guys six years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. How would somebody that size make mistakes that are hard to recover from? Okay. okay. Look, look, if I'd, I'd like to start this one, because it, it was about six years ago that, that Justin and I were introduced. Yeah. Um, so we started in October of 2014, um, you know, and I just did sales. I bought a truck, and I was subcontracting my snow for the Hagerstown location, driving to Mount Airy mm-hmm. and, and plowing uh, up there. And then when the snowstorm ended, find a gas station, clean up, change, and go out and pay on the streets. So I ended up selling like 35 accounts uh, the first year for land. Um, struggled through that, but we made it work. Um, there came some some labor challenges. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't from the industry, so I was you know winging it. Sure. Um, and then all 35 clients decided they wanted us to do their snow too. Um, <laughs> You know, which was fun. So, so we have, you know, I mean, we have the other locations. So, they, I mean, they, they've established the name was established at least in the northern Martinsburg area. Um, we had a couple large clients, and, and we landed a couple big ones for for land. So that that translated into snow. Uh, it, it didn't snow yeah. all of November. We didn't get anything. It was, it was it was mild. It didn't snow in December, and then January twenty second, twenty sixteen, boom, thirty six inches of snow. Remember that, yeah. Thirty five new clients. That's my impo- yeah. first snowstorm ever with any of those. Um, unbelievable. Total, total disaster. Failure. I, I didn't, yep. I didn't, I mean, we got everything done. I mean, we, we overcame it. Um, I think I left, that was on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I didn't return home until Thursday night. Yep. Um, and I didn't sleep at all during that period of time. Um, so going I'll change your life right there, man. It, it will. It, 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 it was, it was pretty close to never doing that again. Right. Um, <laughs> But we, we, you know, going into the next year, um, started to build the subcontractor network and mm-hmm. and, and was introduced to, to Justin. And um, I lost track of the question. It was how do you fail? Yeah, how do you fail? Um, I felt like I, you know, failed that first one. We got everything done. Mm-hmm. Um, Clients were pissed. I guarantee if, if they had mandatory well, you locks. You know, the nice thing was it was, it was everybody, everybody closed was down. Pissed. Right. You know, the, Nobody was ready for the that. The thing about <laughs> the thing about when you get snows that large, I mean, yeah, everybody wants to be open, you right. know. Right. Um, but you can't, our, you can't even get to the property most. Exactly. Likely. So people we are coming done. to work. So exactly. yeah, people were upset, um, but they couldn't get people in anyway. Um, but had I continued to go that route and 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 not start to to build the relationships with the people that I have now, um, especially on the snow side, because a large portion of my business is snow related mm-hmm. um, that just not being willing to, to foster those relationships and, and build them stronger and stronger. See the chop the ego a little bit, you know, we all have ego and you'd be like, <clears throat> I can't do this on my own. There's no way I can hire enough guys or have enough equipment. Yeah. And it's given the quality, you know, back to, to how do you fail is, is, is not completing the tasks that you need to complete um, being the, the low bid. Like I'm, I'm right. not the low bid. I'm not gonna be the low bid. No. Um, if if you want it done and you want it done right, then then you got to pay for it. That's right. Um, so continuing to undercut, folks, it, you're, you're they're they're gonna fail. Yeah. And then it's gonna be good for me because my price is gonna be higher than what it was. Yeah. Let me the first time. Let me tell you, like that was 14, right? That big storm. 16. That was 16. That was 16. Yes, yeah. My first year snow plowing was the very next year oh wow right because my buddy from brinco that was an easy year yeah dude there hasn't been a hard year since (laughs) there hasn't been a single we're due well sure and i'm I'm glad i'm out personally yeah because i got smoked for about seven years or however many years it was i got i got pretty good and wrecked i got up to four trucks and 33 properties all very small and manageable but i can't imagine stepping into the, the 36 inch storm you know there's no chance you had the right equipment, all the big stuff you need to move that kind of snow. So, you know, I, I met Justin the following year. Um, I had met a guy that year who still works for me and does a very large industrial site for us in Winchester. Mm-hmm. Um, but he drove, he was driving skid steers from Woodstock all the way out here. I went down here to Harper's Ferry and was working down in Bolivar mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going to Shepherdstown. I mean, he, he took that thing everywhere for me. Um, and it was the first year we'd ever met. I mean, we went out on a whim. I met a, a, a contractor that comes out of Fredericksburg during every single storm he'll he'll just show up but one of my trucks went down I was getting fuel and a guy pulled up and he's like hey man I got a I got two plow trucks a couple snow blurs can I help you anywhere and I was like hey 
Here's here's my payment terms. This is what I can pay you. Nice. We'll do the paperwork after the storm. We shook <laughs> we shook hands, and he's he's been driving up and, and plowing for me ever since. That's really good. So it's it's. So yeah. then, your idea of what to do to not fail would mean swallow the ego. Understand you're not going to make every dollar. Yeah. Find the right subs that are good and reputable and reliable. Because yeah. so easy for a sub to say, "Oh yeah, I'll be there to cover your property." And then over the summer, they score themselves two Best Buys or right. shops and centers with grocery stores. And you think they're coming for you. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. No, I'll be there. But they got to square away their own stuff. And you find out that so that you lose the reliability. Yeah. It's really, that's really a tough call. So before I move to you, Justin, that what you're saying is look, build your own network. Maybe don't take on too much. <laughs> Well, it, it took me six years to, to <laughs> stop just taking it on and figuring it out. Yeah. You know, that, that was the mentality <laughs> for the first six years was, oh, let's just win it and we'll figure it out. Um, I, I've moved away from that. <laughs> I, I, I've moved away from that. And we've, we've been fortunate and we've, we've been able to do it and, and provide what the customers you know, are asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, That's great. But, but I've, I, I've gotten away from that. It's, it's, it's too much. It, 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 it <clears throat> kind of crushes your soul. Because you want success, you know you're capable wow. of success, and then you 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 start to find your limits, and that sucks. It sucks finding your limits. Right. One one of my clients is is probably the the largest property per per capita yeah. in 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 Berkeley and Jefferson County. Yeah. Um, and and I had to have the card conversation with my partners. Like I I I can't I can't do this. Like if we want this property, I, I need help. One of you have to step in. You know, Chris wanted to take a step back uh, from plowing and kind of do more dispatch and stuff from the office. That if we want to do this property, you you have to run it because I, I can't I can't do it. Right. I've got too much on my plate already. Um, so it, it it was having that hard conversation of it. if we're gonna do it, we need to have the plan going in. We can't mm-hmm. can't just wing it anymore. Gotcha. Um, and and we've been successful at it. I mean, it's it's got a, over 130 acres of plowable asphalt. Holy crap. <laughs> at one location. <laughs> at one location. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Strong. Justin, yeah. failure. How does how does a company who you kind of were size wise, say mm. six years ago, how do they or or any sort of landscaping, lawn maintenance, snowplow mm-hmm. company fail? How do they fail? Sometimes you have to let it happen. Mm-hmm. Um it, it was the, it's the story with Austin of we're going to take it and we're going to figure it out and we're going to fall on our face and, and we're going to adapt. So um, I think the difference in success and failure is your ability to be able to adapt. Um, we're the same way, the same mindset. Let's let's just try to get it and we'll figure it Close out. Close it and then figure it out. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people that – I think all business owners want that. You know, we want to grow. We want to grow. I think the successful ones know where the gas and the brake is at. Um, controllable growth. We had, uh, Austin and I have a, a, another uh, peer in, in the network that took uh, that same approach and has secured a very sizable account in which both of us agreed the other day we would never do. Um, in which we, I would argue that both of us have a, a stronger asset column to be able to combat something like this, but we know where the gas and the brake is. And we're both like, I love this guy, but he's going to end up skinning his knees. He's going to have to learn from it. And it's okay because we've all done it. We've all done it. So failures are letting it happen and being able to adapt from it. Uh, but don't be dumb. You can't be like, well, it was somebody else's fault. No, it was your fault. You signed on. You took it. And you screwed it up. Yeah. And be okay to own that stuff. Own it. I've screwed it up. I've straight up went to customers and said, I've made a big boo-boo. Yeah. Please let me fix this. And that's part of the relationship of retaining those customers, too. We're not perfect. We don't sell. We're perfect. We make mistakes, but we're going to be here, and we're going to make it right if we screw it up. So then across the board, it looks like it's knowing your bandwidth. Yeah. Getting after it, but knowing your bandwidth. Don't uh, don't price yourself too low for right. the sake of appearing busy. Yeah. Because then you're just you're just grinding. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, and with labor, you know, the way that labor's been, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to transition to that because yep. that, that's obviously a, a big thing in the industry is, right. is how to combat labor. But if you continue to price yourself out of it on the low end, you, you can't afford to do it anyway. No. Totally. Yeah. Because you can't afford the staff that you need to do it. And I'm, I'm beyond the point where I want to go climb on a mower every day. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, Justin doesn't even wear boots ever. <laughs> <you know? laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> no, it's yeah. it's funny because he he dropped a brick on his on his foot one day, but he never wears boots yeah, at all. Day. So, uh, me and uh, one of our <laughs> one of our, our peers, uh, well, I went ahead and sent him an Amazon gift card and told him to get himself some I, boots. I, I still haven't used that gift card. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I still haven't. The uh, I I <clears throat> plowed snow up until this. <clears throat> This past winter, and due to the staffing shortages, in the beginning I had it set that I could handle all of it. Yeah, I could do it all myself. And then I said, "Well, let's duplicate, and I have to mandatory have one more guy yeah. driving one more truck." And then my GC, my prime on it was like, "Hey, I've got one in Hagerstown. <laughs> I'll sell you a truck, full setup. Go do it." You just got played at your own game. Oh, Kept you on the tip, bro. And I was like, yeah, I totally right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, you got it. And then almost in the same breath, in the same week, he's like, can you get a fourth truck? I was like, why, dude? He's like, <laughs> I've got 12 more. They're in Westminster, Maryland. Oh, yummy. So far away yeah. from my hub. And I was just like, fuck Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take it, man. I found a truck. I'll go buy that, and it's janky, but I can get it all covered. I'll cover the small A, yeah. my A property, and then I'll go back up the others, and then we'll knock out thirty three with four trucks, it, smaller ones, no problem. Let's get. And we made a lot of money, and I literally destroyed my top staff. We had thirty seven deployments that year, mm. and for me, that's a lot. That's a lot. And it was, I would say, it would be year three or four. So it was probably like 17, 2017. It was nothing but ice, just ice, just ice, yeah. just ice. And mm-hmm. I get paid by the freaking inch. And I'm like, this is a nightmare. Mm. And then I had those large trees that would it'd warm up in the day and drop the melt onto yep. the pavement. So it looked like I was never there. And it's a sheet of ice again. And that's only happening in Westminster, <laughs> an hour and 10 away with no traffic. That's right. Oh, I learned those lessons, man. And we 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 failed. We failed systematically, and I kept cutting back the amount of properties I had year after year after that until it was just me with eight properties by myself with a helper truck. And then hold on. So then – and then I literally said, take four of them away. It's just me and three properties because I couldn't get anybody to work more than 24 hours without never coming back in. That's right. And I was just like – I said it wasn't worth it. I said if you paid me triple, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah, I don't. Care. I want to move to Florida. <laughs> right. I'm so done now. Yes. And I've I've ruined so many subs. And my subs were my painters. Mm. They were oh. my painters. So yeah. we couldn't go to paint. Oh, that's rough. So, anyways, I yeah. I have no problem saying that I've closed that line item of my business. I'm confident in it personally. Good. So the, the the two that I've closed is the the. If I don't have a plan to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'm not just going to win it and try to figure it out. And the other one was, and, and hopefully this doesn't hurt me here. I hold all my contracts. You know, I, I do. I, we subcontract quite a bit. Sure. But I don't. I don't work for the company that has twelve other ones somewhere else. Right. You know, I, I got rid of those. They were. They were really low margin. Yeah. They just didn't help my business. And and the reporting and the, all the the hoops that I had to jump through to do that, and I couldn't discuss with the customer. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, because it's somebody in Kentucky that's calling me. Right. So we've we've worked really hard to sell us um, a, a account that we've had for well, before I even started. Um, just got a, a a new manager come in from a, a Home Depot. Sure. You know, and all of that is a, a corporate. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody in Kentucky or somewhere else yeah. is dispatching all the that. rules. So they had so many problems at their their Home Depot facility where. He'd, he'd call, mm-hmm. and then this guy would have to call the local guy, and then the local guy would have to try to get there. Mm-hmm. And we, we had a, a call yesterday. Hey, there's some ice from some melt somewhere, some rain. I, I didn't even know there was ice in Martinsburg yesterday. Yeah. And he called back afterward. He was like, you guys were here in 15 minutes. He's like, man, that would have taken six hours. Right. I'm like, well, would they have still showed up to spread it? Oh yeah, they'd have still put it down and build us for it. Yeah, and and it's six hours later, yeah. it was forty five degrees. Right, right. Um, but I I worked really hard to to you. get away from being able to to not have to work for somebody else. Yeah. And again, I hope That's that doesn't no, no. hurt the relationship here. No, no. But you know, for no. those larger people out there, I just I couldn't yeah. do it. We've anymore. done it. We've fallen victim to that same thing. Yeah, we had the lows in Martinsburg for a long time. 
which yeah. uh, I told him. Yeah, be careful. And I was like, I got this. Yeah, yeah. I got this. It's on a slope all the way to the building. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. Austin doesn't know, but they called, and I was like, we're not doing it this year. <laughs> it, I got this. We've, it, we, we, didn't, we didn't fail, but when we got to the bottom, we're like, why did we do this? Right. Like, just, Did you stack all the snow up by the road oh, so that when it melted, it all right, flowed right yeah, down right. The, drive, the parking lot? No, it was just one of those things where it's like we exhausted a lot of extra unnecessary manpower. Resources, yeah. To just break even. And it was oh, like, you know, yeah, yeah there's, man, there's, that's the worst. I, yeah. I got one of those in Harper's Ferry. <laughs> the, his contract is rough down there. <laughs> Jeez. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, uh, manpower, yeah. exhausting manpower. Let's, mm. it's almost cliche to talk about this, right? It's just constant recruiting. Yeah. You just have to, have to recruit nonstop. Let's yeah. do it this way. If we're trying to become experts at recruiting, Austin, what is a position that you want to fill and what is the ideal person for that? And that's all we'll say because we all know we're all short-staffed. Yeah. We all know we're behind schedule. But what we don't, what people don't know is what is the ideal person that can come help you? Oh, right now I need, I need somebody that, that thinks like me. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. I need a, I need you a know, second I, me also. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. three. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and as, uh, you know, as the one that runs the day to day, I mean, it, that's if, that that's what everybody needs. Let yeah. me dig in. No, let me dig in, man. Guys, uh, Good. I can't. Right. I can't. Right. So, of the pieces that you want to hire, like what, what's the pieces that you're overwhelmed with? So, we all need guys to run mowers. Mm-hmm. We all need guys to drive plow trucks. Mm-hmm. How do you find the leadership to manage them? And is that would you outwardly recruit or would you hire from within? You know, I think you have to try to hire from within. Um, but we're also working with a labor force that <clears throat> limited capabilities. Yeah. You know, very hard workers, very loyal workers. Um, but when it comes to certain aspects of you being in front of customers and, and, and doing that portion of it or doing behind-the-scenes work with financials or the computer software programs that we use or any of that, that's a difficult Absolutely. Thing for for us to find yeah. from within to a certain certain level. Yes, you can train people, um, but I, if you're going to send somebody out for sales, mm-hmm. appearance does have a part of it. Too, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I don't I don't mean to, you know, the, the don't judge a book by its cover. I I totally agree with that. But there are certain aspects Absolutely. of certain roles that you just you, our workforce doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Understood. Mm-hmm. So you do have to look from outside too, and that's that's difficult because today, when I back when I got out of college, you know, when I was looking for a job, it was it was about what benefits come with it. You know, pays one thing. Yeah. You know, but today, right. you know what? I I don't I don't want unlimited PTO. Just give me two weeks, but I want more money. Mm-hmm. Or I don't care about retirement. Or just some of these. I extra thought you were going to say the exact opposite. So you're saying that are you are you in agreement to this yeah, kind of? Yeah, I mean, I've, we're in a little bit different position. My biggest, I think, contribution to this particular question is, I think a lot of the recruitment comes from the the validation of your company. Okay. Uh, when I first started, I worked out of the yard beside my home. Mm-hmm. So when I was like, "Hey, come work for me," report to the muddy field beside my house. It sucks, right? Yeah. Who wants to come to work like that? Mm-hmm. But now we moved into our location. We put a sign up that says we're hiring, and a different type of people walk in the door now. It's like, well, this place is legit. Right. Oh, there's a place for me to clock in, and there's a break room, and and there's a there's a legitimacy to it. So, I, I that was a big proponent for us. That was a huge value add. I don't disagree because I mean, my first three years, we were out of an office trailer. I had to be the first one in every morning to start the generator because that was the only way we had lights in the trailer. Right. <laughs> And the only way we could run the grinder sharpen blades. And so when I would do interviews, you know, they'd show up and there's a generator running outside and it's me in this dirty construction trailer and, and running out of sea cans. So it, it was difficult the first yeah. few years. Yeah. We have a physical location now too. And yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, I think the other piece of that too, and, and you've had some success and um, you know, within our industry, I mean, it is the Hispanic workforce is, is part of the landscape industry. It is. Absolutely. Um, for, for whatever reason that it is. Um, it took six years of being around before I have a couple Hispanic workers. Mm-hmm. Those few Hispanic workers have brought more Hispanic workers. Right. So where I was 
one or two Hispanic workers that I'm, I'm almost 80% now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've been around long enough and we've, we've established, uh, that, that we're not going anywhere. Um, and, and it's, it's a workforce that, that works really, really hard. They do. You know, they're very family oriented. Everything they do is for family. Um, you know, folks that are here on a visa program, you know, they're about making money to send back home. And then mm-hmm. it, goes across the entire culture mm-hmm. um but it being established and, and having that uh rapport that we're here we pay our people well we do offer these benefits yeah um and i have some that take it but it's it's from a local uh perspective of some of the the, the labor force that we're trying to to bring in mm-hmm. um younger the, the younger generation coming out of high school and things like that that are looking for work um it, it doesn't mean as much to it, to the, to them. Mm-hmm. For them, it's just pay. Yeah. It is. And, and, you know, a lot of folks live paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I think we've all been there. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure there's still times now where it's like, oh, man, how are we? We got, you know, six truck payments to make this no month. Doubt. Or, oh, yeah. man, we just got that, that loader and, you know, really trying to, to look at that. But, um, you know, with this younger generation, it, that, that extra fringe mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't mean as much as it used to. And that's been a very big challenge to overcome. Yeah. I offered um, health insurance for the first time <clears throat> a couple months back, you yeah. know, like maybe six, seven months ago. Mm-hmm. And my youngest guy was like, I don't think it's for me. I have a very small crew eligible for sure. You know, three or four guys. I need to have a couple guys in there yes. to make it a legit plan. Make it happen. I had to give him a raise to cover 75% instead of 50%, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that he would say yes, because he did not want to withstand an additional 40 or 50 bucks per paycheck coming out. Mm-hmm. And additionally, he appears to appreciate random days off over a full paycheck. Yeah. Man, we can have a whole conversation about, I, I think, the entire outlook on the next generations changed from where it used to be the white picket fence and the golden retriever and sure. the PhD and the 401k. Right. And now it's, I'm okay Airbnb being my existence from house to house and couch to couch. And I want freedom. I don't want financial fortitude. So it, it is, and I agree exactly what you're saying. Some of the younger guys are not, I don't need that. I, I want the freedom. So being able to get creative with ways to incentivize them and allow them to have freedom is a, is a big piece. And to be able to create a culture where a lot of these guys are coming out of school and they're looking for a stepping stone towards a career. And if you're able to, uh, U.S. Lawns does a great job at this, is here is a structured stepping stone. Each step you can grow and, and turn this into a career where most people is just, hey, if you can breathe out of your nose and carry a string trimmer, you can work for me. And there is nothing else. Oh, I'll buy your lunch if you show up on time. It's not really a structure. Yeah. So for us to be able to create that, hey, come work for us. This is important. This is a this is a lifestyle. Whereas a community and a culture and a family and we, and that's important. That's allowed us to be able to retain some of our top top talent. Nice. Yeah. Th- th- these are these are answers I wasn't expecting. I'm really pumped. One position that you could fill that would be ideal right now. Um, we have the opportunity for uh, I think some additional some additional growth in which I do believe we have the capacity for my, my biggest bottleneck is being the guy who does the recruiting. We have opportunities that come in the door and say, Hey, we can take this on. I'm like, we, we can do this. The biggest bottleneck then is getting the actual people in the seats. And if we had somebody that was, that was more focused on just keeping people benched all the time, I think it's become kind of a, a behavior for most companies. I'm sure Austin's the same way. We're always interviewing, even though we're not hiring. Yeah, um, because we need that bench to yeah. have just in case something does, uh, somebody does exit, or an opportunity comes in where you're like, okay, we do have the internal infrastructure here. We just need the additional hands. Well, on. The, the problem, the problem there stands too is you you can't let them sit out there too long. That's right. You yeah. you got to bring them in, and then you right. gotta you gotta find work for it. Yes. And, and I struggle with this in the winter, um, and it's what I struggle with is. Yeah, we're not out mowing. We're not out doing leaves. We're not. We're not doing this. But we're preparing for snow, or it's just it's a slow time. We haven't had any snow. Yeah. I, last year, I 
I struggled to get more than one person to just show up to the shop. Mm. You know, I had, hey, sweep, sweep the floor. Well, I already did that. Okay, well, make it dirty and sweep it again. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, or go yeah. sit in the break room and watch a movie. It yeah. just, when you hear the door open, I want to see you standing up and moving. I, I, I was just trying to keep people on payroll, and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even get them to do that. Mm-hmm. They just, they wouldn't. They wouldn't come in, mm-hmm. and then they would complain because they weren't making enough. Ah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to put this topic to bed because yeah. we could just gripe. For as advanced as all three of us are practicing, I can't even. I can't even figure out. Ah, never mind. Let's move on. I'm just. I can't. <laughs> I could just try to break it down for you. I got totally, bro. Listen, so in 30 seconds, we have a whiteboard in our office, mm-hmm. and any of the guys that come in and say, "Hey, I really need more hours," I say, "Awesome." And then our production manager's job is to provide them that opportunity. And when they leave early, we put their name on the whiteboard that says, "John decided that he doesn't want to work a 40-hour week anymore." So the next time he comes, he's the first one who's not getting the opportunity. So the, the list grows on the whiteboard, and when they come in, they're like, "Hey, man, I, I need more hours." You're like, "But." But, but, John, your name's on the whiteboard. We needed you two weeks yeah. ago. To and come to those uh, hours. you right. said you didn't want any more hours because you left. So right. I, I just want to make sure that I'm going to give the priority to the people who are actually taking action. Yeah. Well, I, I struggle to get people in on time. So I had a guy tell me the other day, he's like, so here's what I've done. If they show up 15 minutes late, I make them leave 15 minutes early. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I go pick them up from the job <laughs> so that they can clock out at the shop 15 minutes early. Yeah, that's. <clears throat> I'll pay for it. That's, that's yeah, that's a lot of that's intensive. That's dark. I um, I have one that's a little darker with less work. <laughs> if a guy, if we're, we're trying to get a job done by Friday, so the weekend is off and everything's good, and we come into Monday, start a new project. If a guy calls out or has a, a, a has to go home sick on Thursday and then mm-hmm. come in Friday, yep. maybe he's at side work, maybe whatever he's doing. I pay the current crew there, not currently, but this is before COVID. Yeah. I would pay the crew that's doing the work, the guy that didn't show up's wages. Nice. They'd split the wages of the guy that didn't post as Just long as it was death. done on time. Excellent. That's right? a good strategy. But 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 then when word gets back to the guy who's like, oh, my work's always there for me. No, it's not, man. Everybody else did your job. Now they're going to beat him up. Like, here, you need to have some more sick days. I can take that raise. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is probably the last question, unless we have uh, a little more time. But um, unseen challenges behind the scenes of owning a landscaping or snow maintenance company. Something that we haven't covered. Is there something there? I would say, uh, so on the retail side of our business, one of the biggest things that we're a, uh, a power equipment dealer. Um what does that mean? Uh, we sell uh, lawnmowers and zero turns and uh, string trimmers, everything. Chainsaws. That, everything. Okay. Yeah, all the handheld and the wheeled goods. So um, I think a big thing that's coming that I don't think we're all um, 100% in belief that it's going to happen is this autonomous battery, uh, no need for labor concept. Uh, that so on board. Toro is rolling out yes. and some other things uh, is some of these autonomous mowers. Kind of cool. It's yeah. like almost this is this is almost unbelievable, but the technology is becoming legitimized. And yeah. I, I was literally just having a conversation with our Toro rep the other day, and he's like, "These things are happening, and they're they're going to qualify for some of these more commercial applications." Where I'm like, "Man, I, I could put three of these in a field and and reduce my labor by this. Oh, this is a this is a no brainer." I'm I'm personally so, dabbling in uh, a drone company myself. Yeah, and um, there's a conference called Exponential. And it is the nation's largest autonomous AI-driven drone conference in the country. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely worth it for the inspiration of moving the, that needle forward. I want to. You should look into that. I'll let yeah. you know when it comes up again because I'll definitely go. Yeah. And some of it's military-based. Some of it's this base. Some of it's construction-based. Yeah. Some of it's uh, AI is where it really comes down, where you could hypothetically leave those mowers stationed inside their That's their the bay oh, yeah. where they're recharging. Yeah. And instead of the you mowing it when it needs to be mowed once a month, you're yeah. just like, deploy. Yeah. And they'll auto-deploy. Yep. And then you get the report. Yeah. It's it's in the future. I mean, I it's want really to. soon. Um, it's, been a, it's been a pipe dream for me for two years. Um, I think the technology will be in the market in 2023. Um, we want to flirt with the idea of installing a, a, a basically a small department in, in Cornerstone with the idea of we already have a large lead generation source of customers looking for, for lawn care. And if we can pre-qualify them for this particular autonomous application, 
And then we, instead of putting them in F-350 diesel trucks that are $6 a gallon, we're putting them in a hybrid fusion with battery-powered trimmers and blowers. And we have just gone arguably nearly carbon neutral, uh, which would be a massive, massive opportunity for us to capitalize in the area. So it's a, it's a big thing that people are like, nah, that's not going to happen. It's definitely going to uh, happen. But yeah. it's happening. Uh, yeah. So that's been a big thing for me. The um, My idea for a drone company, and it might be years before it's launched, but is a um, knee-jerk reaction to the staffing issue. Yeah. I can replace parts. Right. I can fix drones. They're not calling in sick. They might break down, but I can actually yes. rely on them yes. because they're machines. That's where the smart companies are, are pivoting. So that's a good behind the scenes. What about you? I'm looking at Austin. Yeah, for, yeah. No, for the I'm, sake I'm, of radio so silence, I'm, trying, I'm <laughs> trying to think. You know, um, I'll tell you some other things while you're thinking. Un, un, unseen challenge. I was going to think out loud, but that's fine. <laughs> One of the other things on the for for us that's been a huge value add is um, leveraging software technology. Um, we use a CRM software that allows us to automate a lot of our communications with our customers, yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge piece for us. I'm trying to get in that myself. My whole mindset for the last two years is how do I reduce human error in what we do? Nice. Um, and a lot of our, we have a 30 day automated estimate follow-up timeline. So from the day an estimate leaves our software solution, we are automatically hitting these customers from an omni-channel approach, whether it's an email or Text. a ticket to call or what, any of this thing. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you, man, we've we've secured some stuff on the 11th hour, which I never knew we were, you know, I'm like, that's been 30 days ago. I thought that customer had ghosted us. Because of the follow-up. Because of the follow-up. Uh. So that's been a huge piece for us, too. So that's, you know, if you'd have let me talk out loud, we've gone to follow-up. <laughs> you know, so I had mentioned you, when you had asked, you know, what what's what's that that one role you're looking to fill. Um, and, and, and that's the unforeseen challenge that I've, that I've had is just how much time and effort it takes to get, provide that follow-up that you have to do. Yeah. Um, we have a software solution that's in place too, um, you know, it, 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 that can do that, but it's still making it. I mean, we're sitting here for an hour and 15 minutes now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got this, I've got one other meeting and I've got one other appointment I got to take. And then my whole day shot. Right. That's true. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to see zero customers today. Right. You know, send out a couple of emails and that's fine. Sure. But, but that's, that's been the one thing that I've, you know, customer service. I mean, uh, uh, client retention is all about, yes. you know, being in front of them and, right. and um, just trying to find the time to, to do that when, when you've got, you know, a hundred clients that you need to be in front of. Mm-hmm. And, and then being able to regularly do that. I'm going to go off script. I thought this whole thing was off script. <laughs> it is, but okay. the next question I was supposed to ask was why a large company versus a small company? Mm. I'll give you both less than one minute on that. And then the final question will be, what was the best thing you've done to get where you've got? Because you're both in- inspiring me to patch up some of the holes like i'm not sending enough thank you notes something stupid like that it could be automated but like i know where i'm slipping so for real quick answer austin why a large company versus a small company i'm calling you guys large compared to a guy with a trailer and one mower because the experience Mm -hmm. okay the the well not the experience but the experiences we've had so maybe you have a particular solution that you need done that that we've, we've, we've come across, you know, and we're not trying to figure it out as we go. It's straight it's back the to worse the, when you hire somebody that way. Who's figuring it out? Yeah. Yeah. Straight, straight back to what I said before. I stopped, I stopped taking the work on and oh, we'll, we'll win it and we'll figure it out. Like somebody that's got a plan going into it. Yeah. An attack plan. Yeah. Or, 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 or somebody that's even willing to say, you know what? That, that's, that's not in my wheelhouse. Call this guy. So smart. Or, hey, that. hey, I, I, I can't do it internally. But I, I have a subcontractor network, and 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 I can we can do that soft washing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have the guy at the time. Hey, Justin, you know anybody that yeah. does power washing? Yeah. Hey, call Kevin Brackens, and and here we are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ju- Justin. Same thing, man. Experience. I think be, customers are in a in a uh, a mindset, especially recently. Of my my wife always tells me, the cheap man pays twice. Damn. 
And she drops bombs like this on me. And I'm like, man, you're so right. Because we do. we got all these knee cutters in there. I can mow it for $5 less. Take it. Take it. Take it. Because the customers that are ask us for something, you're like, uh, especially Snow. I love the uh, professional approach that Austin takes with his. I mean, he he breaks it down. It's not like, we're just going to show up with a pickup truck and sling some salt on some shit and hope it melts. Right. No. I mean, they have like primary and secondary protocols and what happens and who responds and what happens if I can't get a hold of you. People love that. And we've adopted some of that into our practice and have been able to secure ideal customers, better customers. That's killer. Yeah. All right. Back to you, Austin. Or whoever has the answer first can go first. But, and I'll share mine. What has been the absolute best, maybe advice or move you made that truly paid off. And I'm going to say that for mine, it was, I keep my dad on the hook for consultation. I talked to my dad, not as much recently because I've been deconstructing things that I learned in the first five years, in the last six years, you know? Um, but I had him on the horn every day, if not every week. Right. And I would talk to him and his coaching would guide me down the path when I had questions. Because as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, a contractor in the field, you're by yourself all damn day. Like you said, three meetings, Austin. And right. you're, you're in meetings, but you're not with anybody. And then um, I have hired a coaching program yep. that has truly moved the needle um, by providing basic and legitimate oversight. Austin, do you have an answer as to what your top – reason for success is besides all the cliche like great staff and great leadership and blah 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 like there has to have been a, mo- a moment that's moved you to to be there oh they, they happen they happen quite often and it, it's simply admitting that you don't know the answer mm-hmm. you that's know great. not not making the answer up in front of them or, or trying to, to to bullshit your way through it but just flat out say you know what I don't i'm not sure can i get back to you mm-hmm. you know and and i think that has just that's been huge. And, and being that transparent at the beginning um, has continued to foster the relationships that I've been able to develop with, with the customers that we do. Have. Who taught you to be that way? Or is it just personality? <clears throat> you know, I, I, uh, I, it was my previous employer. Um, you know, he was, he was just always very forthcoming on, on everything and then would flat out tell you, you know, that he didn't know how to do something. And when, this opportunity uh, presented itself. Um, the first thing I did was I went down and sat down with my with my employer at the time, and I said, "Hey, you know, it's uh, I need to make a change, and this is something I have." And, and he flat out the the one thing he said, and it's funny because it it, it happens today, um, because I worked with all you know college graduates yeah. at the time. I mean, it was a professional uh, consulting firm, and it was you're going to be working with people that don't have the same mental mindset as you. And that's going to be one of your biggest challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and that was just his, you know, if he didn't know how to do it or he was just very blunt on everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that's kind of what I've taken away from him. Nice. And and that was a big thing is just saying, Hey, I I, I don't know. Yeah. Being direct and being clear with helping to find expectations for your client, even if it has to mean you got to get back to them. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Justin. Uh, five years ago, my, my goal was I was going to brute force through whatever, mm-hmm. anything I can do it. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to brute force it. Just more time, more effort. And my wife with another knowledge bomb says, are you going to live to work? Or are you going to work to live? Brutal. <laughs> so I hired a business coach. Um, I think we share a very similar coaching program and it, and it allows us to work to live now, as opposed to where before I was 16 hours a day and I would brute force my way through anything. Uh, now I work at everything with how do I save time? Smart. It's not about being lazy. It's about time. I mean, we all, the wealthiest people I know buy time. They right. They buy anything. They buy time. Mm-hmm. And by making those actions. So for me, I think a direct component to our company being successful and continuing to grow is by being intentional, be humble, and know that you, you can always be coached. Absolutely. Uh, I know some people who have companies that are 10x our size. Yeah. And take coaches. And I love it because to me, there's a, always nuggets that come from those people that just one. So somebody told me one time that if you were in an airplane and your destination was 
X and you and you left that location and were one degree off course, you'd be sixty degree or sixty miles off your location by being one degree out of right out of focus. So for me, my whole goal now is stay laser focused on that and making sure that I don't get sidetracked with other things. Yeah. So with coaching, you got coaching from your previous mentor or boss, you know, and for perspective. Mm-hmm. Even this podcast, for me, I try to put myself around coaches all the time, whether it's business coaches or people who just know stuff. Mm-hmm. Interest in the in, in the content, business ownership, painting company. And um, before I took that concept seriously, that maybe I could use some coaching or, or business therapy, yeah, I call it, I thought I was a rocket ship. I was doing good. The company was, it was successful, man. Yeah. I, things are fine. I don't need anything, don't want anything. Life is smooth. I'm I'm ready for accidents or mishaps, yeah. right? Financially, and that that's great within reason. But once I settled in with, I guess coaching, business coaching, personal coaching, athletic coaching. I have a lot of co- I have a nutrition coach. I'm getting ready to hire because nice. let's get fit, right? <laughs> let's take care of ourselves. That's so good. I'm starting to create this group of coaches in my life that instead of being a rocket ship. You know, I'm now pouring concrete back into my launch pad. Good. I've taken the, the tower down. Mm-hmm. Mission control is there, mm-hmm. my coaches, and I'm reinforcing my launch pad before I even build the tower, before we even launch to be a rocket ship. And at year 11, it's been nice to not downshift, but to pull it back and start cleaning up all the shit that I just didn't do in the last decade that I should have done. Mm-hmm. Better bookkeeping, better accounting, mm-hmm. better marketing. What the marketing's expensive. <laughs> so I'm just saying like yeah. royalties are expensive. I imagine. <laughs> right. I imagine. Um, yeah. But guys, thank you so much. This yeah, has man. been an exceptional um conversation. I, I appreciate both of you guys being awesome. here. Thank you. US Lawns. Austin, please plug your company and what, what an ideal company or what an ideal business would be to call you. Our, our niche, uh, obviously, we're, we're commercial landscape maintenance uh, and snow and ice management um, professionals. Our, our biggest niche that I think we fit the best is your industrial manufacturing, you know, 24-hour uh, facilities, especially when it, when it comes to wintertime. Uh, we, we've really uh, worked hard to dial in how we handle snow and how we remove liabilities uh, from you that, that come with, you know, winter weather events and that, we're we're in a cold market here. I mean, we don't get as much snow as others, but that's we, a perfect we, we place do, for pricing and for volume. We do no snow. Yeah. Nice. So, snow man snow maintenance goes hand in hand <clears throat> with um, lawn maintenance, fall cleanup. It it gives and beautification yeah. of the of the workspace. Yeah, it, you know, it allows us to become familiar with your your property, how it operates, when people are moving in and out. Um, because that doesn't change a whole lot in the winter. Mm-hmm. So it does let us analyze things through the summer months and be able to adapt our winter program to to fit the property as needed. How do they find you? Uh, you can uh, check us out on Facebook. Uh, we have a, a Facebook page or uslawns.com. Um, and then just uh, type in your zip code. We service Martinsburg, Charlestown, uh, Winchester, uh, Frederick, and Clark counties in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And we, we do have a location in Hagerstown, too, that services Hagerstown, Frederick, and go all the way up to Carlisle. So really our footprint runs from Carlisle to Strasburg. Gotcha. Justin? Cornerstone Landscape Supply. Our goal is to be top of mind in the county for residential uh, DIYers and customers. Uh, we focus on design, build, and residential land maintenance. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Well, design, build. Right design, there. build, patios, hardscapes, outdoor living spaces, uh, land maintenance, things like that. Wonderful. Yeah. How do they find you? Same thing, Facebook. And, and uh, you can search the Google for Cornerstone Landscape Supply. Um, you can find us on, on either our website or all the social media outlets as well. Guys. Yeah. Thank can, you. I, can I say one last thing? Sure. And, and especially because we've talked about customers, we've talked about employees, yeah. and you had mentioned you buying time. So the president of U.S. Lawns has a, a saying, and it's always been close to the customer. Or it's close to the employees, close to the customer, and go bowling on Friday nights. <laughs> That's Bingo. Good. That's buying time. And I forgot yeah. I had a mandatory joke. Oh. Austin is stupid funny with one-liners. <laughs> that are got nothing. <laughs> you, no, you've got to have something. I, and there's a brilliant ones on all the Instagram reels all the time, but I can never remember any of them. You can't like, think of a single that, one, Justin. Literally, that well, Doc Talk means yeah, the, yeah, the Doc Talk guys, and they they drop. Yeah. I tell you what, why don't I, here you go, go here you go. I, yeah. I got it. Okay. Go home when you get home today. All right, and just just look at your wife, and tell her less bitching, more kitchen. Oh, that's 
That's and see funny. how that goes for you. <laughs> dude! <laughs> hey, Kevin, okay. is it cool if I sleep in your office? I'm about to say, dude. It's, it's a comfortable chair, but damn. I've got, I've got one that I share with everybody, and I heard it like on a video, I'd say 25 years ago, of a stand-up guy. And um, I come from Native American heritage, okay, which is going to help with some future businesses coming up. So I can say this joke. <laughs> well, so, anyways, okay, it's right. uh, what do you call it when you're second guessing your dinner plans on native on tribal lands? You're having dinner on tribal lands, but you're you're questioning whether you should or not. What do you call it? It's a reservation, gonna... reservation, reservation, reservation. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I laugh every time I say it. It's a reservation, oh. reservation, reservation. Because you have reservations on a reservation yeah, and you're questioning yeah. it. So, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I'm trying to end. That I need to terrible. make it. I need, I, I need to make it mandatory that every podcast ends with a joke so people dial in the whole time, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was terrible. Well, thanks again. That was Kevin. a terrible joke. Awesome, man. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Today's conversation was brought to you by Bracken's Painting. You can find information about Bracken's Painting at www.brackenspainting.com for all of your residential and commercial painting needs. Give Bracken's a call.